Welcome to the Gov Innovator Podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. Today we have part two in our discussion with Charles Soleil from New Mexico. Part one looked at the launch of Legistat, and in part two we focus on broader progress on evidence-based policymaking in New Mexico. Here's a clip. One of the other intents is getting agencies more involved in reviewing the evidence out there for um, interventions that could help them improve outcomes. And hopefully over time, getting them on board with requesting funding for evidence-based interventions. They're going to be much more likely to be successful through the funding process if they prioritize those requests. New Mexico's state government is a leader in the use of evidence led by its Legislative Finance Committee, which has been a catalyst for evidence-based budgeting, including through its participation in the Pew MacArthur Results First initiative. In this Part 2 interview with Charles Soleil, the Deputy Director of the LFC, we get an update on progress. That includes sharing a great example of how evidence has influenced policymaking on a key issue in New Mexico, and also a look at their use of program inventories. Charles, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Andy. Charles, my first question is for our podcast listeners who are advocates for evidence-based policymaking and would appreciate a good example of how having credible evidence about what works can influence the policy process. New Mexico represents a great example of how credible research can influence policy in a big way. In this case, a large increase in early education funding. Can you tell us that story? So in the late 2000s, our former governor uh, championed a, a pre-K initiative, which was um, very popular at the time. And there had been, you know, lots of uh, rigorous research around effective preschools. And the state started implementing the program and, and slowly rolling it out. And then about four years later, the state was engaged in a vigorous debate around whether third graders who are not passing our state assessment should be passed on to fourth grade or not. And a lot of policy interest in what works to boost early literacy skills of very young children. And so while we already had um, research about what worked when it came to um, preschool, policymakers were interested in, well, is this intervention actually working on the ground in New Mexico or not? And is it worth further investment? And so they tasked our staff with doing an evaluation to answer that question. And so we did a a quasi-experimental study to try to answer those questions. Are, are New Mexico pre-K students, particularly from low-income families, showing up more ready to learn at kindergarten? What are their literacy and math scores by the time they get to third grade? That was the whole intention behind the investment. And we were able to answer those questions and found that, yes, um, those students were doing significantly better than their peers who didn't have the in- intervention all the way through third grade. And that started... Um, a years-long major investment in our state-funded pre-K program to the point that where now we've got about 80% of four-year-olds have access to some form of publicly funded um, preschool, whether that's our state pre-K program, Head Start, and the like. So Charles, tell us, if you would, some of the lessons about how and why research played a role in that really important policy change. Uh, One lesson was to have credible, nonpartisan, kind of independent research on the ground in New Mexico, say whether the program was working or not. You know, the um, two administrations ago that that started the program, they brought in external researchers, but everybody still felt that it was somewhat biased because they were pushing the proposal. Um, It was very different when we came in 
um, as staff to do our quasi-experimental study, the first one. And we didn't just do one study. We incorporated it into like regular performance reports that were ongoing feedback loops for the committee and the public on is this intervention continuing to work to the point that, you know, we just most recently reported on college going rates of some of the initial pre-K participants when the program first started. And, you know, we're seeing lasting gains in college going rates and high school graduation rates and, you know, eighth grade reading and literacy rates. And so as we were scaling this intervention up, we continued to study it to see if those gains were holding, you know, and they were. I want to switch topics now a bit to uh, ask you about what's known as SB58. This is the New Mexico Evidence and Research-Based Funding Act of 2019. Charles, tell us what it requires and how it's rolling out. Sure. So this is an important amendment to our Accountability and Government Act, which forms the basis of our performance-based budgeting system and an accountability system. So agencies are already required to submit budget requests to both the LFC and the governor's budget office that include not only their um, request for how much money they want to spend on various programs, but what are those programs supposed to accomplish and how will the public and policymakers know that they're accomplishing it? So a set of performance metrics that they would report on either quarterly or, or annually. But with the large agencies, what we were finding was you know, more and more policymakers questioning, well, what are you spending your money on? Are you spending it on evidence-based interventions? Um, Is that what's causing your performance to improve or not to improve? And so Senate Bill 58 sought to require on an ad hoc basis, our governor's budget office and the LFC staff to select various divisions and programs to do an inventory of what they're spending their money on what kinds of evidence-based interventions they're funding, how many people are participating in it, what's the average cost, and submit that with their budget request each September 1st. One of the other intents is getting agencies more involved in reviewing the evidence out there for um, interventions that could help them improve outcomes, and hopefully over time, getting them on board with requesting funding for evidence-based interventions. They're going to be much more likely to be successful through the funding process if they prioritize those requests for the committee as well as the the governor's budget office. And that's really the intent behind it. And I know, Charles, that the LFC has encouraged agencies to use existing What Works clearinghouses, in other words, repositories of evaluation findings. This is not about asking agencies to do any type of labor-intensive primary research or primary program evaluation. So Charles, can you share with us an example of a policy area that's gone through the inventory process? So one of the probably most successful programs has been juvenile justice in New Mexico, where they've got a strong grounding in using evidence-based interventions to get better results, dating back to the early 2000s when the Department of uh, Children, Youth, Families Department implemented two community-based interventions that were well-grounded in in rigorous evidence um, to try to really reform their juvenile justice system. And they've built that into the culture of of that particular division and organization um, and seen really good results. You know, we were incarcerating on any given day over 600 youth in our secure facilities in the early 2000s through a series of evidence-based interventions that, that the department deployed we're down to below 100, and we're needing to close more facilities. 
and continue to keep the community safe. So they're probably a, the state's leader in being able to just knock out that inventory. They've already prioritized evidence-based interventions. We've expanded this to um, children's behavioral health, um, adult behavioral health, uh, corrections has been um, doing some inventories. So Charles, taking a step back in terms of what New Mexico is doing, I'm thinking of the Pew Charitable Trusts and their Results First initiative, which has worked with New Mexico. They advocate for what they call evidence-based budgeting, including creating an inventory of programs, what programs do we have, then looking at the evidence, how strong and credible is the evidence behind our programs, and then using that information for budgetary decisions or within agencies to make programmatic decisions. It seems like New Mexico is a very good example of that approach. Is that fair to say? That is. And and we build on that by using performance information as sort of a almost a surveillance tool to help us as the kind of the first step. Where are we performing? Where are we not performing? And also using performance information to monitor implementation as part of our implementation oversight and then outcome monitoring. You know, public officials are are steering dollars to accomplish something. Are we accomplishing it after we've we've spent the money? So implementation is really important. And I think the other important thing that I really stress for our committee, particularly like when as pre-K as an example, many of these evidence-based interventions are not silver bullets. They are not in and of themselves going to solve your your major social and educational problems. They will have a big impact, but it's not going to be in and of themselves a, a massive game changer. So we're really interested in stacking interventions and researching the stacking of interventions and have frankly designed a, a number of education public policies based on the premise that stacking is going to get you a little bit more than if you just did the one-off. And, and we're seeing that so far. Charles, thank you for giving us an update on evidence-based policymaking in New Mexico, from funding decisions to the use of program inventories to the concept of stacking policies. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andy. Andy.